welcome to Wild Riddles. So today's episode, we're going to do some barbacoa. And this is out of Hank Shaw's Buck Buck Moose. It's a fantastic book. I'd highly recommend uh, his cookbook. You might say, Chris, how can you use his cookbook and put out on your podcast some of his recipes? All of his recipes are on the internet. Hank is very much an open access kind of guy. And in addition to that, he sells books, cookbooks, and his recipes are so good, even though everything's free on the internet, people like myself still buy his cookbooks. So join me and let's jump in to this barbacoa recipe. All right. So for today's barbacoa recipe, I'm going to be using a whitetail shoulder. And I've got the upper section and the lower section, actually. So you've got the shoulder blade and then the lower arm. I've separated those two and as an extra step, and this is not in the recipe itself, I went and put it on the smoker for an hour because it's Christmas Eve and I'm, when I'm recording this, and I'm already doing uh, a, a Boston butt or pork shoulder and um, some pork ribs. And while I had the fire going, I wanted to go ahead and put this meat on the smoker to add a little bit of flavor to it. And I think it's gonna make it give it an extra kick. And the reason I'm actually doing this, I mean, this is a, a barbacoa recipe podcast, but what am I going to do with that meat in the end? You can do tacos, you can do, you know, just have it with mashed potatoes, but I'm going to use it in tamales. Hopefully that'll be a separate episode. So let's dive into what this is. Oh, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to show some video. Hopefully it'll be showing right now if you're on the YouTube channel and you'll see actually it on the smoker and it, gr- it gives it kind of a dark red really wonderful look so we're in great shape here let me kind of jump into this and i'll run through the, the ingredients just so you know two to three pounds of venison from the shoulder or legs uh, it could be any venison uh, two to four canned chipotles and adobo and i'm gonna use chopped in adobo uh, one red onion i'm actually using one white onion so flexibility uh, five garlic cloves chopped. I am a little lazy, so I use already pre-chopped minced garlic. Uh, Two bay leaves, teaspoon of smoked paprika is optional, and anytime it says a teaspoon of something, I think that's a small amount, I generally throw in a little extra. A teaspoon of ground cumin, teaspoon of ground cloves, a tablespoon of kosher salt, uh, half a cup of lime juice. I'm not gonna have half a cup today, I'm gonna only got one lime. Um, Half a cup of cider vinegar, quart, of beef or venison stock. I'm using actually chicken stock. I'm demonstrating flexibility here. Um, You could put some smoked salt in it, but it's optional. Uh, But because I've actually done it in the smoker, not gonna need that. So let me run through this real quick. So what I've already done, and I'll, I'll do a pan shot of this. I've already chopped up the onion and put it down as a base. Then on top of that, I've put the meat. I've already, you know, tucked in there two bay leaves and I've put on the five cloves of garlic. And so let me run through here. Also then, you know, while I was getting ready, in a bowl I've already mixed up the, let's see here, a teaspoon of smoked paprika. Actually, I did about a teaspoon and a half. A teaspoon of ground cumin and a a teaspoon of ground cloves. And the cloves, you'll be like, really? I recommend it. Put the cloves in. It makes the difference in the taste. It's, It's a very unique kind of barbacoa taste. Don't leave it out. I left it out the first time and I regretted it. Um, and a tablespoon of kosher salt. So that's all in my bowl here. And I'm gonna shake that over the meat. 
and I'm in a slow cooker for those that are audio only. So I've got my slow cooker with a liner because I'm trying not to make a mess. I've got the onions on the bottom. I've got the meat, the blade roast and the arm roast from a white tail uh, buck that I took last fall. Um, already smoked for an hour, two bay leaves, and then I had all of the spices mixed in a bowl. And I've, sh I've sh kind of shook a coating of that over the meat. So let me look here. And if you can see my, my cookbook here, it's got splotches. If you could see it, uh, I've got splotches all over the pages because I cook with these open in real time. This isn't just for a podcast. I use these things every day. Uh, let's see, I've got all of the spices in. I'm going to put some lime juice in. So I'm taking a lime squeezer and I'm going to juice this over the top so I don't get any lime seeds into my mix here. You know, I read and I see on the internet that lime juice is actually kind of a tenderizer. And so I'm spreading this all over the meat as I squeeze this lime juicer. You could do it by hand, but when I do that, I end up with pieces of um, lime and lemon type seeds into my mixture. Then I got to fish those out and nobody's happy with that. I'm going to do half a cup of cider vinegar. And when they say cider vinegar, I assume that they mean apple cider vinegar. I don't actually know that, but I know that it won't hurt it. So I'm going to put a half a cup. I'm measuring it out right now. And about to pour that over. So a little bit of acid into the mix. Always helpful. And then a quart of uh, venison stock. Oh, before I do that, I had put everything kind of pre-mixed. The only thing I didn't do yet was the two to four canned um, chipotles and adobo. I have here, I had to order this off of Amazon actually, so it's La Costa Chipotle's. There's diced chipotle peppers in adobo, and it's a nice way because otherwise, you'd buy them cans. <laughs> the vinegar makes me cough, <coughs> still making me cough. And you have to um, you have to cut them up every time, and I felt like it's kind of wasteful this way. I can kind of fish them out of a jar and put it in the refrigerator, and it keeps quite a while. So, I've done two big spoonfuls so far. I'm gonna go with probably three big spoonfuls. Let's spread that out. And that looks delish. Put that on the meat, kind of dolloping it around. And so now I'm to the part where I'm gonna put the quart of, they say um, venison stock or beef stock, and I've actually got chicken broth. Um, you make do with what you got. So we're gonna pour this in. And I'm kind of pouring it over the meat to mix up you know, some of the ingredients I've got over this. And then I'm gonna take this crock pot and I'm gonna go plug it in to high in the wall here. And it is going to cook all day long. I'm a little bit worried because I've got these two hunks of meat in here, whether or not it's going to, um, all the meat's going to be submerged sufficiently. So I may midway through need to rearrange the meat as it shrinks. Because if you didn't know, 
muscles contract as they cook. Okay, I think that is good. We've now put all the ingredients. I've talked you through each of that. I am going to fade to black. And when we come back, this is gonna be finished. We'll shred it and this will be your barbacoa recipe. And welcome back. Well, it's been a long wait, about six hours. And as I pull the lid off this, this uh, slow cooker, what was revealed inside is a beautiful shoulder roast and, and blade roast from this whitetail. I'm reaching down in with my tongs and grabbing out the meat and putting that into kind of a, a bowl, uh, you know, almost like a salad bowl, or this in case what I'm using is I'm actually a pasta bowl, a serving bowl. And I'm shredding that meat already with the tongs. And it's that tender. Because of the six hours, it's broken down all of the collagen and, and connective tissue that sits in both that arm roast and that blade roast. The bones completely just fall away from the meat. They look like museum quality bones, like you've um, you know had them actually cleaned. And that's one of the beauties of really of this recipe is the full utilization of that shoulder. Um, you'll also notice in the color, if you do the smoking, that you're gonna see kind of a, a smoke ring in that meat. As you shred it, it distributes that flavor throughout uh, the meat and whatever use you may have. Um, it's extremely hot meat, so as you shred it, let it cool uh, before you move on to your next step. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, you know, what is barbacoa really good for? I love it for its versatility. First of all, it's an extremely easy recipe, as I think I said in the beginning. I mean, you really just, you know, take a cut that is, you know, an entire muscle group and put that into a slow cooker. You don't have to do the smoking. It's not necessary. You throw these ingredients in, which are pretty straightforward, and you just let heat and time take its course. And if you're going to do it on a on a smoker it takes a little bit of prep and a little bit more skill but you can put it directly into a slow cooker turn it on high um, I generally turn it on high for the six hours you can do low and do all day um, and, and it will have great results as well at the end of that you have um, I think a base for many different kinds of things I like to use it in tamales I generally do tamales over the holidays um, it makes great tacos, either breakfast tacos, you can mix it with eggs, um, or it can be with, you know, dinner or lunch, you know, supper or lunch uh, type tacos, enchiladas, empanadas, um, quesadillas, you, you can tell I like Mexican food. There are a lot of things that this can be a base for. Um, so extremely versatile. There's a couple other reasons, and you heard me mention that's a good way to fully utilize the shoulder. In, in, I guess, my early days of processing my own animals, I used to take the shanks and the shoulders and painstakingly, and I mean painstakingly, break that down, get as much sinew as I could out of it so that I could go into the grind pile. And while I will tell you, I am a big fan of grinding up deer because I, I use the burger for so many different things, I've also become a fan of using whole muscle groups for things that, that they... Are almost intended for and what do I mean by that they, they they turn out beautifully and they don't need any extra work so when I'm cleaning a deer or when I'm processing a deer any of you that have done it know that removing a shoulder is extremely easy there's no socket that attaches it's really just attached by 
ligaments and muscle. And so when you separate a shoulder from a deer carcass, it's extremely simple to do. And when you learn how to then break that shoulder down and separate the blade roast, so kind of where the where the joint is between the arm roast and the blade roast, once you find that joint, it's extremely easy to cut. And the same can be said for between the shank and the arm roast. And when you brick that all out, you're left with three beautiful pieces of meat that can each be used for their own purpose. And so I no longer grind shanks. I no longer grind shoulders, either the, the blade roast or the arm roast. I do sometimes on larger deer or elk, I will pull out a flat iron stake out of a, a blade roast. Or if I get like, if, it, if I'm gun hunting and I hit um, a shoulder and there's a lot of, um, oh, what's the term for it? A lot of hemorrhaging around that area and you get, you get a lot of blood in the muscle and I have to trim that. I might uh, do something different and trim around and grind if it, it kind of messed up the, the shoulder for roast for, if you will, uh, for lack of better terms. Those are kind of the only reasons, but just think about how much time you put into processing an animal. And if you have to painstakingly go through not one, but two shoulders and front arms, um, it saves you a ton of time. So it's more efficient. It's extremely effective in utilizing um, the meat from those bones because you won't lose any from the trim. I don't care how good a butcher you are, at least good a home butcher you are. You won't be able to get all the meat off those bones. Not, not like you will if you're, if you're doing it in a manner such as you're roasting it. So for those reasons, I love to do these whole muscle groups in the front shoulder. And I love to do barbacoa because it's an extremely effective way to transform that meat into a base that I then put into many other dishes. I think, um, you know, that pretty much concludes what we want to talk about today on barbacoa. Highly recommend it. Go out and you can go to honestfoods.net or Hank Shaw and put in barbacoa. And his recipe will pop up because it, everything Hank Shaw has is on the internet. Now, if you're like me, I still like a physical book. And I went and bought his, um, his recipe book, Buck Buck Moose. I'd highly recommend it. It's at the top of my list. It's one of the first things I look at. But it's not all-inclusive. There's a lot more out there in the universe. So and it's not all of his recipes either because, to most of my knowledge, he continues to add to that library. And his book you know, is a point in time. And I think he modifies these things as well. So a, a good place to start, as he says in his cookbook, one of the, I think, top three easiest recipes um, that he puts out there. I think I mentioned as well earlier in the podcast that Jesse Griffith has a, a very similar recipe in his book, A Field. Also highly recommend A Field. Go out and, and look for that. It is a beautifully written, beautifully photographed book that's more than just a recipe book. It really tells a story and, and there's, you know, there's recipes for going to the surf, there's recipes for going pig hunting, there's recipes for going uh, deer and turkey hunting, shows butchering techniques. It's a fantastic and wonderful book. It's a great coffee table book. It's a great read. So thoroughly enjoy both these authors. I'd like to have them on sometime to actually ask them questions. I don't know if either of those gentlemen would give me the time of day, uh, but hopefully, hopefully someday. So I'm going to 
wrap this up as one of the short sections. I do have a kind of a bonus episode that I'm not sure if I'm going to drop it next week or, or midweek where I actually took some of the barbacoa and made it into um, a breakfast quesadilla uh, just to enjoy it during the Christmas holidays. I wanted to also do um, a tamale episode, uh, but that is a quite involved process and I got kind of in a time pinch over the holidays and needed to focus on the making of the tamales and not documenting it. So another time um, we'll do that in a more in-depth, but the good thing to know was is every year I'm experimenting. This year I think I have perfected my masa technique. Um, I need to channel my inner abuela, and I think that um, through the research that I've done of the videos, I think I've tackled now making that masa, and the key was using a stand mixer to whip up the fat, I think, you know, the 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 lard that you put in that masa to make it just perfect. So that's in things to come. So final few words, if you would, I really, really appreciate it. If you could um, give me a five-star rating. Um, if you don't think I deserve it, please comment as to what you think that I might deserve. I do benefit from that as it'll make my podcast a little bit easier to find. Um, please do tell friends and reach out to me on Instagram. I, I'm at Wild Vittles Podcast on Instagram and on YouTube. It's the Wild Vittles Podcast as well. Thank you, and I hope that uh, you'll try barbacoa. I hope you have a shoulder, a deer shoulder or a deer roast sitting in your freezer, and that this would inspire you to go grab that dude, put it in the refrigerator so it can thaw. And then over a weekend, make some barbacoa. And it's just the beginning of your journey. So thank you, and let's do it for the love of the game. Bye.